So communion is the heart of prayer. This is the privilege of prayer. And what we've done is we've made the privilege of prayer the heart of prayer, and that's the problem. We've stripped away communion. We don't have time for communion with God. We're in too much of a hurry. But we want the right to continue to offer petitions. And that's what I keep fussing about. That's why I'm fussing at you. Okay? That's why I'm fussing at you. And I'm trying to get you bold enough to go home to say to your church this nasty thing that I'm saying to you. We can't strip away this and keep having this. And we can't use intercession just as another means of petition, just swapping prayer requests for one another. We have to begin to step between God and a lost city, God and hurting people. And we have to begin to pray for them specifically that God would pull the blinders off their mind and send us a mighty revival that would result in many, 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 many conversions. This is the highest calling of prayer right here. Right here, this is a love relationship with God. This is inviting the kingdom of God into every situation. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in heaven, give us. Before you get to daily bread, before you get to daily bread, here's what Jesus is suggested to do. That you live in a way that hallows the sacred name of God. That you be about advancing the kingdom of God and doing the will of God. So, Father, I pray today that you would help me bind my will to your will to advance the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy pulling people out of the kingdom of darkness and moving them into the kingdom of God and that I would do this in a way that hallows your name. This is the great alignment that is to take, that is to take place. And then, and then intercession is petitioning in behalf of others, standing in the gap for their greatest need. So this is the relational aspect of prayer, the, the delight of, uh, of, of prayer. And this is the legal aspect of prayer. I have a right to approach God and ask God for things. If you went before a king in the ancient day, you could ask him for nothing. You spoke when you were spoken to. And most of the time he did the directing. To ask a king for a personal favor, Esther sh shivered for her life. And she is his wife. Go before him and ask him for something? Are you kidding me? You didn't ask a king for something. Sometimes things become so common for us that we don't realize how rare they are to approach God and ask God to do things for you and me. Whoa. What a knock your socks off privilege this is. And we take it for granted that we don't even worship him or say thank you when we do it. And then, and then, and then, and then reconciliation, intercession is reconciliation. And, uh, and warfare. I know that when we talk about intercession, we immediately talk about spiritual warfare. And since I'm wandering around today, let me just go there and see if the crowd can be less tonight than it was this morning. I am bothered by our preoccupation with the darkness when we pray. 
We're cursing the darkness. We're binding the devil in the house of God. We're talking to him in the house of God. Honoring him in the house of God. And telling him to go to Texas. And it's actually, have you noticed it's not working? Justin Cornwall said when he was a pastor in Oregon, and he was beginning to teach on praise and the power of praise, that on Sunday night particularly, people from other churches would just crowd into his church. He said it was packed. Sometimes you'd have more on Sunday night than you did on Sunday morning. And he said the praise would seem to stall. I, I don't know if it's all these people from different I don't know why. He said, I would step up to the pulpit. I would ask the people to stand. I would ask them to bow their head. I would ask them to close their eyes. And I would address the demonic. And I would bind them. And then he said, I would pray a rousing prayer. And there would be hearty amens all over the place. And then there would be a, a freedom that came. And he said, the Lord spoke to me and said, I am displeased with your worship. And he said, why? He said, you Honor the evil one. You speak to him. You have your people stand, which is an act of worship. Bow their head, an act of worship, and close their eyes as if he is too too awesome to look upon. And you address him. Judson, he said, turn on the light and the darkness will flee. Your problem is not the darkness. Your problem is the light. And, and I, I know that there's an evil one. And I know that there are times that you confront the powers. And I understand that. Believe me, I also understand warfare. And I know that there are times that the evil one comes against you. And I had a moment recently where I realized I am having a brush on a regular basis with a demonic character, and I had not recognized it in my life. And he has come against me in a very personal way. And I, I, I recognize that. But the but the purpose of intercession is reconciliation. It is not to engage the darkness. The purpose of intercession is to step between God, grab hold, as it were, of Jesus, who is the intercessor in heaven, whoever lives to do what? Make intercession. And He's not only making intercession for us. He's praying for a lost world. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And He is asking you and I as His bride partner to agree with Him. We're in the lower middle on the earth. He's in the upper middle. And we are joining. And in this joining, the point is that we reach out to lost people and reconcile them to God. We see whole cities come back to God. We see nations come back to God. But because you've stepped into this middle that the evil one has illegally claimed, you are likely to experience interference, distraction, spiritual warfare. But if you take that as your bait, if you if you start chasing the bumblebees, if you start going after them, then you've broken your place in the middle. Here's what you got to learn to do. You got to learn to stay here and keep your focus on reconciliation and swat the bumblebees at the same time. And I'm telling you, I know that's not easy. I know that's not easy. You got to do the warfare thing, but you can't abandon the reconciliation. The reason the warfare is coming is to 
cause you to break away because something is happening in that connection between you and God Almighty and the city you're praying for, the lost person. And it's as if, as C.S. Lewis says, every demon within a mile says, get him off his knees. Get her off her knees. Stop that. Stop that. You see the connection that's going on. You see the dynamic pull of energy that's coming down from that. You see what's radiant. You can't see it. I can't see it. But the evil one senses something going on with our intercession that we can't see ourselves. And so the warfare comes as the bait to distract us and get us out of the middle and keep us from making the connection that we need to make. Ah, oh, my goodness gracious. I'm yelling at you again. And, and Stuart told me last night to just settle down and pray and preach like a good Pentecostal holiness guy. So, and here's Thanksgiving. All right. <laughs> okay. Here's thank, here's Thanksgiving. All right. I got, I got what time is it? All right. I, okay. We're, we're, we're doing okay. So here's one to come back. I want to show you this again. Here's Paul's theology of prayer, supplication or petition, worship or communion with God, intercession and thanksgiving and praise. Okay. This is self-focused. This is God-focused. This is problems. This is the presence. This is the hand of God. This is the face of God. This is a transaction with God. This is transformation and the recalibration of our values because that's what worth-ship means. That's the old English word, Anglo-Saxon word, from which you got worship. Worth-ship. worth worth Worthship. What is worth the most? What does your life revolve around? What are you willing to sell the pearl of great price for? This centers, this centers us. And what I'm saying is we're stuck here. And what we've got to learn is to move here. We got saved here praying a petition. God have mercy on me, forgive me. But we never move from here to prayer where we're not trying to get something from God. We just want to see God. We just want His presence. We just want to be with Him. Just me and Him and Him and me all by ourselves in front of a fire and an open Bible. I, we, we've lost that. We've lost, we've lost that. And only when you get here to God-focused prayer and you get deep roots and you begin to experience transformation, only then can you really move to intercession. And that is others-focused prayer. This is missional, the missional posture. This is not the hand of God or the face of God. This is the heart of God. This is instrumental prayer where God begins to do something through you. Here He does something for you. Here He does something in you. Here He's doing something through you. This is the uncomfortable middle. This is joining God on mission. And this is pervasive. This affects all the other aspects of prayer. This is the by hand of God, this is the face of God, this is the heart of God, but this is the nature of God. He is good. He is good. He is good. He's good all the time. He's good. He's a good God. This is the positive character of your witness. Because if you're a person of thanksgiving, if you're a positive person, if you always see the good in God and the good in others, then you have gratitude and you have humility. If you don't see the goodness of God, then here's what you're saying. God is holding 
back on me. He's, he's keeping something from me. And, and you are forever discontented in your spiritual life and your life with God. Only with the goodness of God do you, do you settle down with a level of humility to realize what kind of, I'm so unworthy of the goodness of the goodness of God. So I'm saying to you, I'm saying to you, what Paul is trying to do, get us to do is move all the way across this continuum and then back and forth. It's not that self-focused prayer is wrong. No, 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 no. It's that if you get stuck here and this is all you're doing, you want to move back and forth across this whole, across this whole continuum. And if you, if you begin to look, all 30 of those words or so, that I mentioned earlier are connected with one or more of these words. This is a concise theology of prayer. Are you breathing? Are, are you, are you breathing? Are you sure? Are you sure you're, are you sure you're doing okay? I'm pointing it in the wrong direction. I'm not breathing. Uh, this is pervasive. This ought to be the spirit of my prayer. Thanksgiving, the goodness of God, praise and worship. This ought to be the spirit of my, of my, uh, uh of my prayer life. This is, this is, this is the eternal. This is my goal, to know Him, to live in His presence, to be in His presence with nothing between us, to be before the throne of God in heaven forever, to see His face. This is my goal. This is where I'm trying to, this is where I'm trying to get to. This is the missional purpose of prayer. Um, this is missional, the purpose of, uh, 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 of prayer. And then this is the, this is the remedial. This is the immediate. And this again, this is where we're stuck. We can't seem to move across the entire, across the entire, entire continuum. Let me show it to you again in a little different, uh, perhaps a little different uh, 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 way. Again, this is self-focused. This is what? God-focused. This is others-focused. And this is pervasive. This is the hand of God. This is the face of God. This is the heart of God. And, and this is the very nature of, uh, of, God, uh, of God. This is the hand of God, the face of God. The, okay, you got it. All right. Uh, this is the problem fa- praying. This is presence praying. And this is missional. This is, this is, this is missional. And so here's what I see us happening. I see us vacillating back between these two, but I see us using intercession, not as a means of praying for the lost, but just praying for one another, just trading prayer requests. And so this is not fully developed Pauline theology of, uh, of prayer. We're missing prayer as worship, and we're missing the power of being a grateful, thankful people, and we don't have a fully developed, a fully developed uh, I- intercession. Wasn't that good? Boy, that was good, wasn't it? The Holy Ghost is moving now. <sighs> And he's gotten, he answered my prayer and now he stopped. All right. I got, I got just a couple more slides and then we'll take this, take this, take this break. And now it's absolutely stuck and it won't, it won't, it won't go back. And I need it to go back. Uh, uh, all right. You may have to hit the page up back there and help me. Or did you go to coffee? Uh, page up, page up. Page up. Is it frozen for you too? Page up. Page up. Page up. Page up. Page up. There. Okay. Now let, let me, now let me see if it works. Okay. So let me show, let me show you this again, just in a little different way. Here's petition. 
Here's communion with God, worship. Here's intercession. Thank you. Same thing, right? Hello? Same thing, same thing, same thing. This is low complexity and low competence. All you're doing is telling God, this is what I want you to do. This is what I need you to do. Let me stop. Look at me right now. You pray with the heart of a child. But you don't pray with the mind of a child. You pray with the mind of Christ. And you get that from Revelation and Scripture. We pray with the heart of a child and the mind of a child. Fix this. I skin my knee. Do this. I need a lollipop. I want this. I want that. And it's childly, childish praying for people who have been Christians for 30 years. You pray with the, you pray with the heart of a child, but you don't pray with the mind of a, uh, of a child. This is low complexity and low competence. You don't have to know anything. You just tell God. You just rush into the throne room yourself and you say, Daddy God, fix this, change this, and so forth. You know, you saw the pictures, I'm sure, I'm old, of John John, J.J. Kennedy climbing around under the desk of Kennedy when he was uh, in the White House. And, and they're darling. They're precious. Hadn't had a kid in the White House in years. But if he had been 40, you would not have said that was darling. You would have said that's, that's pitiful. So if, if you're a kid and you rush into the king's uh, room, into the Oval Office of Heaven, everybody understands you don't know the protocol. But if you're a 30-year-old Christian and you've not learned the protocols of prayer, and there are protocols of prayer, it's no longer cute. It's pitiful. And that's where we are as a church. And that's why, that's why we're stuck. That, okay, I, I, I'm just doing what I was asked to do. These are slides. I didn't make these up. These are actually a bishop's slides that he sent me. And some of them had some of your names and pictures on them, but I took those off because <clears throat> I didn't want it to be that embarrassing. <clears throat> Here is growing complexity and competence when you get to worshipful prayer and communion with God. Here in intercession is expanding complexity because you got the spiritual warfare thing. And, and intercession involves things that you've never experienced before. You get sympathy pains. You get woken up in the middle of the night. You start to have dreams and visions and things and you don't understand them. There's a growing, expanding complexity and a greater level of competence in prayer that's needed. That's why intercessors should never be alone. And they are loners, but they ought to be grouped in a church. And then you get low complexity again. That is, that is it's very simple to say, God, thank you. But you get this high competence and high levels and high levels of, of, uh, of, of maturity. Here is, here is a conditional commitment. I pray to get. Here is a, co my commitment is tested. I am called to die. Here, the capacity of my commitment is developed. This is spiritual stamina and sensitivity to God. And here is a settled commitment. I pray now to give. I give God praise. I give God thanksgiving. I give God all the, I give God all the credit. 
So what I'm doing is moving through this continuum of prayer to get greater and greater levels of, uh, of, of, uh, maturity in my, uh, in my life. Here I experience the love of God answers. I am loved by God. I know it because of prayer, but here I am developing my love for God. And here the love of God for others is beginning to be developed through me in intercession. And here I experience the love of God that manifests itself as peace and the peace of God and the goodness of, uh, and the goodness of God. Do you see this? Is this, is this plain? This plain, this is where, this is Paul's concise, this is Paul's concise theology of, uh, theology of uh, 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 of prayer. And this is where you can't take a person here with one session and one sermon. This is developed over over time. Here I'm I'm waking up a, a cold heart and, and I'm dabbling in prayer. Here I'm wide awake and I be, I'm disciplined. I'm disciplined in prayer. And that's where you want to go. So let me let me show you something else that's very related to this. Intercession can't be your starting place in prayer because it's on the outer edge. It's between in and out, light and dark, saved and lost. It can't be the center of your prayer ministry. So, nor can petition. You see petition right there? How many of you see it in the Spirit? How many of you see it in the spirit now? Tongues and three interpretations, and some of you still can't see it. <laughs> I can't either. Uh, all right. Where is it? There it comes there. So, so, nor can petition be, nor can petition be the center for a prayer minister. So if you make prayer requests, the center of your prayer meeting, your, your, your prayer, you, you can't, you, it, it's not sustainable. And if you make intercession the center of your prayer ministry, it's not sustainable. This is transactional. This is transactional prayer. It ought to be a part, but it can't be the, it can't be the center. It can't be the center of your prayer life and it can't be the center of your prayer ministry either. What you have to do is come back here to this heart, this love relationship with God. You have to come back to communion with God. Transformation. I'm here not to get something. I'm here to give something. I'm not even here to pray for somebody else as noble as that is. This is the relational aspect of prayer. And we are trying together to draw near to God and build a deepening relationship with God that we can't get in a praise and preaching service. We're praying together in agreement over a passage of Scripture. This is where you get transformation. This is transaction. This is transformation. This has to become the center of what you're doing in your personal life and what you're doing in the church in terms of building a prayer, in building a prayer ministry. So, so let me say it again. Here's what's supposed to come up here, and it's not, it's not coming up, uh, it's not coming up here. This is problem-centered prayer. This is problem-based prayer. Problem-focused prayer. The problems of others, my problems. This is presence-focused, Bible-based prayer. This, this is where the taproot has to be. And then all of this is taken care of as an extension as an extension of, uh, of this. Let me show you one more thing if I can get it to come up. So you get trans, transactional prayer, you get transformational prayer, but there's one more, there's one more, 
There's one more piece. Uh, you may have to hit page down just one time when I'm struggling like this. I'm so sorry uh, to make you work back there. Uh, this is transcendent prayer. What do we mean by that? Paul said, I was caught up in the third heaven. I don't know if I was dead or alive. Daniel is on all fours. John said, I heard a voice saying, come up here. There are moments in prayer where God takes you. It's, I'm not, I don't want mean to make it exotic, but it's almost like you are, you are caught up into heaven itself. It's almost like you have an unconscious experience with God. I went into my prayer room one day and I said, God, I'm so sorry. I've got 10 minutes. And three and a half hours later, I, I left. And God said, you think you're in charge of your schedule? I, I, I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave. I just got lost in God. What you need are moments where God takes over your praying, where the Holy Ghost takes over your praying, where the Spirit of God prays through you. I'm not just talking about praying in tongues, but it involves that. It's, it's that moment where, where you are, you lose yourself and you're caught away in the presence of God. We were talking yesterday at, at lunch and, and I was thinking about uh, the early church. They did a thing called jubilating. You ever heard of the ter term? After the ministry of the word and the ministry of uh, uh, time together before communion and before they released the people who were, had not been baptized and, 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 and were not qualified to receive the Lord's table, uh, they would do a thing called jubilating. They would begin to pray and they would pray with such passion. All of it, it's like Pentecostals used to pray. Everybody praying out loud at one time. I mean with passion. I mean crying out to God. And they would go on for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, uh, the historians say. Now what happened to us, we don't, we don't know that because so many evangelicals are the ones who gave us the theology, the uh, church history until recent times. And they scripted that out because they didn't understand that. It wasn't a part of their tradition. That's a part of our tradition. Jubilating. That moment where the whole church is caught up in the presence of God. The whole church is praying in the Holy Ghost. It's like pandemonium is in the house and yet it's completely in order. It's God moving in a way and the Holy Spirit begins to do something. And all of a sudden, that thing that I've been concerned about, that, that's taken care of. And that thing that, that thing in my heart that's been giving me, that's taken, that's taken care of. There are moments that you, I can count them. Moments that I had with God up, up above 10 Mile Creek. A moment that I had with God in North Fresno in the middle of the fig, fig orchard. A moment that I had with God. I can count these times because in those times God sealed something in me and jump started me and fast forwarded me in an incredible way that I could have never done by myself. So you need, you need transactional praying. You need transformational praying. But if you give yourself to this, it will give way to, it will give way to transcendent, transcendent moments in, uh, in, in, uh, in, 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 in prayer. And is it, it's still up there on the ledge? And it's still not, it's still not, not working. I can't see it. Uh, back there here, here is communion with God. I think this is maybe the, the, uh, there's only 100 more slides to go before we take a break. Here's communion with God. Here's petition. Here's intercession. If you don't work on this piece, if you don't work on this piece, you have no foundation, no basis on which you can legitimately make petition. You have no access as intercessor because your access as intercessor in behalf of another is based on the depth of your communion with God.
and your whole prayer life falls apart. And that's why in the last 50 years, since we gave up prayer meetings that were just to be with God in the presence of God, and we started taking prayer requests, and that's all we're doing. That's why our churches are struggling. We don't have a communal quality love relationship with God. Nothing between us. This is the very heart of prayer. Listen to me. You can't pray out of duty. You have to pray because you love Him. And you know that He loves you. And lovers want to be alone. Intimacy demands privacy. I want to be alone with Him. I love the times that Barbara and I pray together. That's important. But I need the time to be all alone with God. I have to have that time. And if you don't have that time as a pastor, you're preaching out of yourself. You're preaching out of your head. You're preaching out of your memory. You're preaching good stuff, just like the counselors of Job gave to him. Good stuff. But it's lacking something. There's a spirit that has to be conveyed in what we're trying to communicate that only comes. They took note that they had been with, that they had been with Jesus. This is the heart of, this is the heart of prayer. Father, How, how, how do we get how do we get a whole movement and churches on the other side of the river? How do we experience an apostolic epic and transformation? How do we transform our churches in how I know in the New Testament, in the end, in the end, the old Jewish temple synagogue movement couldn't, wouldn't make the transition. And that's my great fear, is that we won't make the transition that you've been trying to, to get us to make since the Reformation. To become a lay movement, a kingdom of priests. Not that we don't have pastors and apostles and, and prophets and teachers and evangelists. Not that we don't have that. But, but we look so much like a hierarchy. And the distance between Pentecostal pulpits and the pews is so much greater than it's ever been before. These signs shall follow believers. We don't know how to get from where we are to where we need to be. We confess that. We don't know how. Show us without losing this wineskin and this wine how to cultivate another wineskin that would be prayerful and missional. In Jesus' name I pray.